0: the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast
1: Network. I'm looking live at Bedminster. That's where President Trump is. Uh, Right now, there's a big caravan about to take him to Newark Airport to fly him down for the latest phony indictment. And his power his uh his status among his supporters, I think even non supporters just keeps growing and growing and growing. this thing ah, you know how I feel it 's a great big fake uh thing, but um what i this is funny, this is so funny. He just posted this a little while ago on his truth social. I need one more indictment to ensure my election <laughs> all caps. I need one more indictment to ensure my election. I love it. Exclamation point. It's beautiful. It is. It's It's, it's it. only him. Only him. And, you know, if you got to have uh, if you're going to be hassled like this, I happen to know that it's driving his enemies crazy because every time they haul him in before some judge, they all are reminded of all the stuff he owns. <laughs> but by that, I mean. He doesn't need the White House. He doesn't need the executive branch to have his own plane, to have his own helicopter, to have his own caravan, to have his own limousines, to have his own whatever. He's got all that stuff. He's got all that stuff. It's like John Void said all the way back. I think it was twenty in the 2016 convention. He didn't do it for fame or money. Or He had all that stuff. He did it for the country. He really did. You may think that's corny. You think that's uh, too simple. It's not. It's not. I know the guy. Hey. Oh, by the way, he he put this on Truth Social. You know what else he did? You know, I put out a lot of um, video content. I put out a lot of video content. You can find it out there. It's out there. And he took this whole thing I did and put it on his Truth Social. It's an eight minute clip where I went through it. I number. I I, I had this great big giant calendar that I made up. I had the last um, nine years via month. So 108 months I put up there and I showed, okay, this is where he allegedly, you know, uh, fraudulently paid off Stormy Daniels in October of 2016. Uh, this is where he allegedly, uh, well, the January 6th stuff. And then it was uh, August of uh, 22 when they raided his uh, Mar-a-Lago thing. And so all of these alleged defenses took place all over this board, 108 months, right? One over here, one way over here, one way over there. And then I showed how... But oh, wait a second, he's indicted. <laughs> All the indictments come within 90 days, within 90 days, right? 90 to 120 days. This one little chunk. Y- you can see what this is, is election interference. Is he in that SUV now? Is he in that SUV? This is kind of ridiculous. I mean, we've been through it before. its I'm no longer, I'm not shocked. I'm uh, mildly amused. It's a spectacle to be sure, but it's not really making a difference it's something to watch it's something that happens and it's something that uh, again I think Joe Biden I think Democrats I think they really look at each other at a moment like this they they must say to each other are we sure we know what we're doing <laughs> um, you know this is supposed to hurt him and there's no empirical data out there that this is hurting him I mean what we <laughs> I, uh, this is just I think they're it's backfiring on them and they and they know it. So we have a helicopter over Bedminster, New Jersey, his country club. That's where he stays during the uh spring and summer when he's not in Palm Beach. Only rarely does he come to Manhattan. Trump Tower uh has got a place there. And I'm watching this motorcade. It's all like O.J. Simpson. You remember O.J. Simpson in nineteen ninety four? That was the first time I had ever seen anything like that where a helicopter apparently in LA it happens all the time. Even back in the 90s, they would have these helicopters following cars, you know, some chase or whatever. We don't have that in New York. We don't we don't show that. But uh, there goes the motorcade leaving Bedminster. I've been to Bedminster, by the way. I saw the president there in, when, when was that, uh, spring of 2020. It's a beautiful club. I wish I played golf. I really kind of wish I knew how to play golf. I don't know how to play golf, so I don't know. I, I, you know I'm like, it's kind of wasted on me, you know, these beautiful golf courses. I swing. I miss the ball. I've tried like three times in my life. I used to love miniature golf. You know how there are no miniature golf courses anymore? You notice that? No miniature golf courses. There's something fundamentally wrong with that. Um, One of the reasons is they realized, you know, we're, we're making like eight bucks, eight bucks per person on this miniature golf. You know, we could do something. We could have a car dealership. We could have... You know, uh, re- re- serious revenue ge- generating um, activity happening on this space. So there are basically no more miniature golf courses. Remember Nunley's? Everybody remembers Nunley's if you're if you're old enough. So uh, Bill Barr was on TV last night. Everyone's going nuts because he said Donald Trump knew he lost the election. I know he knows he didn't lose the election because he didn't lose the election. How's that? I don't think he lost the election. Now, I, I got to offer like 15 caveats. I can't prove that. I heavily suspect that. There are all kinds of circumstantial evidence suggesting to me that the election was, in fact, rigged. But, you know, someday we'll know for sure, I hope. Um, but he firmly believes. I know it. You know it. You know he firmly but He's not faking it. He's not faking. Well, but his attorney general and his his chief of staff and his campaign manager, they all told him. They all told him he lost. Well, I went through this in detail. They all told him to quit the race after Access Hollywood came out, and he didn't. He just stayed in there. He said, you know what? I'm staying in this thing to the end. I think you're all wrong. They said, the only chance we have to win is if you quit and give the nomination to Mike Pence. That's what they were telling him, like the heavyweights, Reince Priebus, the head of the Republican Party. All kind, people forget. Um, John McCain withdrew his support. Uh, Lindsey Graham withdrew his support. The ent- everybody abandoned him. Everybody in the establishment and the establishment abandoned him all over again in 2020. They weren't going to stick their neck out for him. They realized, okay, the it's all up. He's uh, he's out. They had to think about their future. He had to think about the country, and he had a duty. A duty. To raise any and all objections that he had, it's totally legal, totally constitutional. Uh, These are a bunch of dirty cops, dirty bureaucrats corrupting the system to get their political enemy, and it's not going to work. It's not working. In spectacular fashion, they're finding out that it's not working. It's backfiring, and I think they are looking at each other, and they're wondering, oh, boy, oh, boy. If he gets reelected, is he going to get reelected? And maybe we'll only have ourselves to blame. Maybe if we just competed against him on ideas, you know, on uh, on the issues, maybe, maybe then we could have beaten him. It was worth a try, Democrats. I think it was worth a try. So here's um, Bill Barr. He's there like a um, somebody in the witness protection program, like he's on parole. You know, like, he's forced to be there. Like, this is part of his community service. There's something very odd about his demeanor in all of this. Um, he has to be there, but he doesn't want to be there. Uh, let's, let's listen, please.
2: This is, you know, What's it's the, reckless. Well,
1: no, 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 not that. This is it. No, 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 no. I want to hear the one from last night. The one from last night. This is where he's on. Caitlin Collins. Yeah, cut 13.
3: Do you think he knew that he lost the election?
2: Do I personally believe that? Yeah, at first, I wasn't sure, but I have come to believe that he uh, knew well that he had lost the election. And uh, Now, what, what I think is important is the government has assumed the burden of proving that. The government, in their indictment, takes the position that he had actual knowledge that he had lost the election and the election wasn't stolen through fraud. And they're going to have to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt. Which
3: is a high bar, of
2: course. It's a high bar. Now, that leads me to believe that they we're only seeing a tip of the iceberg on this.
1: You want to talk tip of the iceberg? What about evidence of election fraud? You know, they all say there's election fraud. They admit there's election fraud. But they say, well, wait a second, it wasn't widespread. Or as the indictment says, it wasn't outcome determinative. Well... How many votes were cast? 160 million or so votes were cast. 58,000 58, votes could have made the difference in uh, in three key states. So is that widespread? 58,000 out of 160 million? Not really. So it wouldn't take uh, widespread fraud. That's why they shifted the language. Outcome determinative. I'm looking at the uh, great big... Eh, it's not that big. What is it? Yeah, that's actually pretty big. It's about a dozen vehicles, cop cars on the front, cop cars on the back, as he's leaving Bedminster, New Jersey. Tell you what, if you got a problem in life, uh, nothing like arriving in a in a caravan, getting on your own jet, <laughs> flying there. The entire world is watching. I mean, it's it's kind of badass. It, it there's something kind of cool about it. I'm sorry. All right, so you heard Mopey Bill Barr there. And he looked like just a blob. He just looked like a blob. You know, and there's something very, i i I, part of me thinks he's doing this against his will. Because I want to show you the Bill Barr that I I remember and and liked and loved even. In the summer of 2020, while COVID is going on, and they're rearranging the rules uh, on the eve of the election, essentially. And Bill Barr was like, you know what? (laughs) This is going to blow up. This is wrong. As a matter of logic, he says, "All right, uh, this is uh, uh, August 2020. Bill Barr—it's a different Bill Barr.
2: This is—you know—reckless. Well, this is a—you know—sort of cheap talk to get around the fundamental problem, which is the bipartisan commission chaired by Jimmy Carter and James Baker said back in 2009 that mail-in voting is fraught." With the risk of fraud and coercion. But since then, and, there and and until this administration. No, well, I have I'm, proved it. Let me talk. Yeah, please. Uh, and since, this, since that time, there have been in the newspapers, in networks, academic studies saying it is open to fraud and coercion. The only time the narrative changed is after this administration came in. But elections that have been held with mail. Have found substantial fraud and coercion. For example, we indicted someone in Texas. Seventeen hundred ballots collected. He ma- from people who ha- could vote. He made them out and voted for the person he wanted to. Okay, because that kind of thing happens with mail-in ballots, there are, and everyone knows that. But it. there are individual uh, cases. But as far as widespread fraud. We haven't seen that since. Uh, since well, we haven't we haven't had the kind of widespread use of mail-in ballots that's being proposed. We've had absentee ballots from people who request them from a specific address. Now, what we're talking about is mailing them to everyone on the voter list, when everyone knows those voter lists are inaccurate. People who should get them don't get them, which was what has been one of the major complaints in states that have tried this in in municipal elections, and. Uh, People who get them are not the right people. They're people who have replaced the, ocu- the previous occupant, and they can make them out. And sometimes multiple ballots come to the same address with a whole genera- several generations of occupants. Do you think that's a way to run a vote? Well, uh, the only thing I'm saying is that so far we haven't seen widespread fraud. But you- so far we haven't tried it. Well, and The point is that a lot of us, uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican Well, if this state is, like is you- playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. And the people are playing with fire.
1: Is that amazing or what? And it's a totally different man. And everything he said there still applies. Absolutely applied all the way up to the election, through the election. As a matter of logic, this is very open to fraud and coercion. (laughs) What happened to that Bill Barr? What happened to him? Well, he invested. No, he didn't. (laughs) He didn't. Look, a lot of these guys were freaked out, okay? They were freaked out by the riots. He was freaked out about being impeached. You know, they used to talk about Bill Barr, the Democrats, they wanted to impeach him. And I think he would have, um, he could not have risked that kind of blow to his reputation. And there are people, you know, their, their reputation, their careers are more important than uh, the mission, more important than, than duty. I've, I've pointed this out before. It's like, it's amazing. There are people who will risk their lives for their country, but they will not risk their careers. I include people in the military. Oh, by the way. Yeah, they'll jump on a grade, but they're not going to, they're not going to defy the boss or they're not going to, they're not going to just do anything that would harm their chances at promotion. Isn't that kind of why? It's not a it's not a diss in a way. It's kind of just it's human nature. All right, so let's see here. Oh, uh, he's not yet. He he's on the road, on his way to Newark. All the networks are uh, are are following this, and um, I think they're looking at each other right now and saying, "Man, here we go again." I don't I don't think this is going to work. I know it's not going to work. They're worried it's not going to work. I know it's not going to work, and that's going to be great. I'll be right back.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple
1: Podcast Network. Uh, Some of the networks are now just uh, they got all the panels there, just panels. And somebody told them no more Trump pictures, no more Trump pictures. So you're just looking at these people talk about and waiting in line to talk about how much they hate Trump. Um, CNN's got that. uh, MSNBC has that. Hey, so this Aaron Rodgers thing is real. He's really on the Jets now, huh? Aaron Rodgers, is that his name? He's the guy who likes uh, psychedelic uh, mushrooms and stuff like that, and thinks everybody should take them. Don't do it. I hope he uh, doesn't talk about that uh, while he's here. hes the, I guess uh, he took mushrooms, and now he's like one of those guys. I love you, man. No, I really love you. Like, leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> um, good luck to him. Good luck to the Jets. When does football season start? I don't even know. Uh, September, July, July—they start throwing. That's this month. That's last month. So they're actually practicing now. They're in camp. They're in. They're in camp. What kind of men go to camp? You know what I mean? What? What camp? It, it, sorry. All the millions of dollars we pay these athletes—they get paid, whatever. I mean, I guess that's uh, capitalism. But I have no interest. The games. Um, I it's just a pain in the neck. Uh, beginning to end. I loved baseball until they reorganized it, and then there was a strike in the '90s, and I'm like, you know what? I uh, I have no use for this. Hey, when's uh, Rudy getting here? The unindicted co-conspirator. I I absolutely love him. It's so cool. And how dare Mike Pence? Mike Pence? It, it did I saw him on Fox yesterday? And I had I made a point. Okay, what what time is it? Because I want to use this soundbite. Holy roller, Bible thumper, Mike Pence. Hey, look, I love the Bible, but. Uh, there's no, but the only thing about it is when Mike Pence talks about it, he talks about it in a way where it sounds a little bit braggy and he never talks about the, the opportunities and the pathway to peace that it offers other people. He only talks about his own journey. Now, maybe look, who am I to, you know, critique that maybe I shouldn't, uh, but this other stuff where he's putting down my pal, Rudy Giuliani, uh, that's not good at all. Cut eight.
4: Let's be clear on this point. It wasn't just that they asked for a pause. Uh, the president uh, specifically asked me, and his gaggle of, uh, of crackpot lawyers asked me to literally reject votes, to, which would have resulted in, uh, in the issue being turned over to the House of Representatives, and literally chaos would have ensued. So well, Martha, I just uh, people, people can read the indictment. And frankly, I, I, I've said before, I, I had hoped it had not come to this point. You know, I I don't know if the government can meet the standard, the burden of proof beyond reasonable doubt for criminal charges. But the American people deserve to know uh, that President Trump uh, and his advisers didn't just ask me to pause. They asked me to reject votes, return votes, essentially to overturn the election uh, and to keep faith with the oath that I made to the American people and to almighty God. I rejected that out of hand, and I did my duty that day.
1: So if you can't figure out that this is a phony indictment, then you are a crummy lawyer. You are the crackpot lawyer. He actually did go to law school. He went to law school, some podunk school nobody's ever heard of. And he's putting down some of the greatest attorneys, the greatest attorney, one of them, the greatest prosecutor in American history, Rudy Giuliani. Huh? Are you serious? Um, Anyway, uh, you're the crackpot, uh, Mike. Give it up.
0: Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple
1: Podcast Network. You know, sensing that things are about to turn on Joe Biden that the um, the the swamp will turn on him. Uh, possibly because they'll be given the green light and the encouragement from Barack Obama to do so. Uh, there are some pieces in the works, I'm told, that are uh, set to take him down. I mean, really hard-hitting investigative pieces on the Biden's hunter, the money uh, coming potentially from the Washington Post and the New York Times. I'm also told that the New York Times is working on one hell of a a piece about uh, Eric Adams. Uh, that could be that could be in the, uh, in the offing here, and that would be wonderful. Hey, again, the the new lawyer on the Trump team, who I guess is going down there to Washington, D.C. with him right now is John Loro. Um, he's from Long Island, actually. So he's from uh, Wontaw. went to Georgetown, Georgetown Law, and uh, man, he's good. Cut five, please. Cut five.
3: If he's saying that there was fraud, the First Amendment doesn't allow the president of the United States to go and claim there was fraud when he was told there was not fraud and then try to subvert the election by overturning legitimate electors. The I mean, First it says Amendment it right here in the actual indictment. Absolutely. The First Amendment protects so, all so it prote-
4: If we're going to have a, a situation where the Department of Justice is going to fact check politicians and indict politicians for political speech and whether or not they're factually accurate then this country will shut down politically because it's a never ending cycle of tit for tat and that's the risk of injecting politics into the criminal justice system so right now people disagree with president trump What's going to happen four years from now if somebody disagrees with President Biden in terms of what he said during the election? That's why we don't criminalize political speech. Political speech under the First Amendment has, has an almost absolute protection. Nobody gets to judge whether it's true or not, except the American people. And, and John, we do that in an election. We do that in an election. We do that, in the case of a president, by impeachment. But we don't indict people. John
1: absolutely fabulous and he has the uh, the boldness and it's really wild to watch where he talks about you know potential election fraud we did we changed the rules without changing the law and they use covid as an excuse and what about sending out ballots to every person on the voter roll you're not supposed to do that it is open to fraud and abuse just like jimmy carter and uh secretary of state james baker said 20 years ago, Blue Ribbon Presidential Commission formed in the aftermath of the very narrow uh, 2000 vote. Stan in Forest Hills, what? Good afternoon. How are you,
5: sir? Uh, Free speech. That's what this is about. Yeah, I suspect so. I thought that would be it. I don't know a person who had more free speech than uh, the orange gentleman himself from Florida.
1: Oh, you know I mean, something? It, that's very rude. You know, you we don't uh, we don't call him that, Stan. I don't like that. The orange person from Florida—is that what you got? You call here to call. You know, we didn't we didn't notice by now that he has a unique uh, complexion and a unique hair color, right? You're gonna right. That's what you're starting with, Stan. All right, Stan. Thanks for calling. Uh, not interested. Let's go to Terry in Poughkeepsie. Yes.
6: Yeah, Rudy uh, is one of the best. I've come to realize, uh, and then Jimmy from Brooklyn too. And Stan, you know, he he takes that side all the time. He's on a Rita show. It's like, and it's like, he's a smart guy, but uh, he does. He's not the smart way. at
1: all. Hey, that guy's, uh, oh, that, that guy? I don't think so. Didn't strike uh, me no. as very bright. They're very it's juvenile, like, like very show. juvenile names. So what's up?
6: Well. Do um, you ever wonder about Michelangelo and how he carved them things out of marble?
1: You uh, uh, sound like uh, your Stan's roommate, if you ask mm-hmm. me. I want to go to Sandra at this point. Sandra in uh, New Jersey.
6: Hi.
7: Hi, Greg. I love what you showed about uh, Barr today, how he changed. Oh, my God. That was the perfect thing to show. Hard to believe how he turned so much on Donald Trump, but I want to talk about something quickly different. It's about Kamala Harris. I'm very surprised how she declined to talk to DeSantis about this uh, this whole program for the curriculum about slavery. I understand how she feels. It's something terrible that happened. So did the Holocaust. That was terrible too. But she should be open minded to hear what it's all about because from what i read it's not bad at all it's actually kind of it it, it sheds a different light to the terrible thing that happened and i i'm just surprised that she refused to go she just cut him down
1: well what do you mean did uh did ronda santis ask for a meeting or something like that look this is the middle of a presidential campaign you're not going to be having meetings uh you know between kamala harris and uh and a guy like Ron DeSantis. I mean, did, did what was? What, what, did she, I don't think she refused to meet with him. Like that was on the table. Nobody ever suggested it, did they?
7: She just said that she she declined the invitation. There's no discussion about. Was there an invitation? Table. Was there was
1: there an invitation? Was there an invitation to Kamala Harris from from uh, DeSantis?
7: absolutely that's from
1: what i understand yes mm. well anyway uh yeah, no that's didn't. not the kind of thing okay you make a uh, i invited her to speak but she didn't come like it's 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 politics all right it's politics and i think people can disagree about that curriculum it is a political year so everyone's going to politicize and try to exploit i um uh, you know what i see both sides on that one i really do i think quite frankly talking about the benefits the um uh economic uh, skills uh, that trades that may have been learned under uh, slavery and trying to say that that could have had a, a beneficial impact uh, for certain families and the gross domestic product and all that stuff. That's a little bit too nuanced and advanced for grammar school. All right. I I—I I think that's a little bit much. I think it's a little bit much, especially how chaotic schools are these days. Right. You get barely get kids to uh, put down their phones and look at the teacher um, you know, I, I I think it's a little bit my, anyway, Sandra, thank you very much. Dennis, uh what is it?
5: Greg, what is happening, bro? What is your beef with Eric Adams? Why don't
1: you like him at all? He's an incompetent narcissist, uh, knows nothing about anything, especially law enforcement. Um, He lived in New Jersey, uh, not in New York, uh, had a no-show job, uh, both as a borough president, state senator, um, did not join the police department to uh, fight crime or to make the community better. According to his own words, he, he went in there to harass and irritate people um so uh he does not have the temperament experience managerial political um he's a democrat and uh you know that's fine but uh he's even alienated the biden administration that was the one thing he might have been able to get some stuff out of them instead he's antagonized them and uh so he's a he's a, he's terrible in every every which way what do you like about him
5: so I, I like that he used to work for him. He's all right. But what are you? Are you throwing your hat in and you told me you're going to be. Gonna wait, wait.
1: You gun really gun. kind of brushed me off like that. But hey, he's all right. What do you mean? What's all right about him? I mean, I was pretty thorough in my uh, answer. He gave,
4: he, gave, he gave the cops a nice raise. He's, uh, you know, that's what all these guys do,
1: that's what all these anti cop guys do. All right. That's what de Blasio does. Right. That's what, uh, you know, he just goes with the it's a political payoff at that point. You know, he's undermined the cops and tried to trip him up his entire life, his entire life. That's what we call buying off union leadership. All right. So he has made the life of cops more dangerous. He signed up for all that Black Lives Matter crap. Uh, He was sounding the defund stuff and uh, he's not good. Now, I know he made that pivot in the 2021 campaign to uh, fool those people at the New York Post. It was just to fool the people at the New York Post. What are you doing out in Oceanside?
6: And now I'm going on a meal, going back to work and everything's good, but you know what? Bernie Carrick, he was a criminal. He went to jail. Look at Ed Mullins. He stole from his own members. What's worse? Uh, Eric, um, uh,
1: Bernie Carrick, look, he was pardoned by President Trump. He was pardoned by President Trump, and uh, made some mistakes, and I consider him a friend, and I I like him a lot. And I also know that he's a serious law enforcement professional, all right? Eric Eric never made a difference in law enforcement. Eric never made a difference. Hey, I just said, I'm no big fan of uh, union leadership. And Ed Mullins did some bad stuff. You're going to make it mention every person I've ever known or associated with or you know, read about in the newspaper and say, well, what about them? Is that what you're going to say? You can't defend Eric Adams other than he gave uh, uh, whatever you said. Dennis, good luck with the second shift at work. Um, let's see here. What's going on now? Nothing. Uh, Nothing. I think the helicopter had to land and get gas, Uh, so we don't have any pictures of the trip from Bedminster to the airport. But we do have Devin Archer on the Tucker Carlson show. Devin Archer, the friend. Now, he was very goofy in this interview. Uh, Tucker, too, for that matter. And dancing around things and um, uh, hemming and hawing, but it's worth listening to for a moment. Cut 14, please. Cut 14. You have said that there were occasions when... Uh, Joe Biden would call in with clients present on a speaker phone.
2: Right. How, how many times do you think that happened? I mean, over a 10-year partnership, I would, um, you know, the number I'm going with is 20. That's probably the, the, the amount that I so kind of record. Yeah, a lot.
1: Just to keep it to the facts, Joe Biden, then the sitting vice president, knew that there were Hunter's business associates in the room.
2: Yeah, I think I can, I can definitively say at particular dinners or meetings, he knew there were business associates. Uh,
1: hmm, you see what I mean? He's kind of like, it's not all that. Now, I'm told that part two is going to be better. Oh, wait a second. I just had, you know, this is from Eric Adams. Back to you, Dennis. Uh, you know, he wants to put the the migrants in 10 cities in Central Park. And he was asked about that. And uh, let's see what he had to say, or doesn't have to say. Uh, cut 12.
6: with their tents up and down every street? I mean, guys- uh, come on, but I, but I like burning it.
2: <laughs> Will, more
3: tents in- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Will there be more tents in parking lots? Or again, like I said, are you considering are you considering massive
6: locations, say Central Park, Bryant Park? We we're, we're going to roll out. We're going to roll out the next phase of our operation. We're going to publicly let it let it be known. Fabian hates
4: when I.
1: <laughs> what the hell? So funny. What a goofy guy doesn't have the this is serious stuff. It's affecting it's affecting the city. It's affecting lives. It's affecting the people who live here. It's even affecting these migrants who come here and you're just uh, having a great big chuckle because you can't believe you're so slim. That's what happens. These guys lose weight. It's actually happening to DeSantis on a certain level. He lost the weight. He knows he looks better and he doesn't know how to comport himself as a smaller individual. He lost his mojo. He lost his mojo, uh, DeSantis did when he lost the weight. Same thing happened to Star Jones. Now, Eric, the other thing has happened, he's got all this swagger now. He's got all this swagger, he's become an even less serious person. Even less serious person. Now, if I don't run for mayor, I keep hearing about Jamani Williams. Is he thinking about it? Jamani Williams, the public advocate. Another no show job, by the way. It's amazing these people take paychecks. Uh, but Jamani, who I have my differences with, there are certain things I actually like about him. And I want to hear from Jamani Williams. Cut 10.
2: President Biden, maybe you need to come down and see what's going on for yourself. It's the wrong political calculation. Don't assume that it's in the bag in New York City and New York State and not assist us in a time of need.
1: Yeah. All right. I like that, actually. I like that message. You know what? Don't take us for granted. You know, a little bit of pressure, but But he's not being jerky about it. All right. That's the kind of thing that would get the Biden administration attention. What uh, Adams has done, he's just totally annoyed them and they don't want to help Eric. They're not going to do anything that helps Eric. All right. Back to the motorcade. I see the helicopter has uh, has been refueled and is back in the air and uh, the caravan is right next to this is Trump's uh, motorcade. Right next to, uh looks like they're right next to the airport. It looks like they're on the turnpike, the service road to the turnpike. Ah, they're right by the Ikea. You know that giant Ikea? Which is not the way they should be going to the airport. Um, but anyway, they're close. And they get on that, oh, maybe that, oh, you know what that is? That's the way, <laughs> that's the way VIPs go to the airport. We regular schnooks, we got to go to terminal, what is it, A, B, C, or one two three four? I forgot over there. And we got to go to the terminal side. He's going to the private jet side. Good for him. And he's got that great big 757 sitting there waiting for him. You know who really is annoyed by that? Uh, Chris Christie. (laughs) Always has to borrow seats on somebody else's private jet. Uh, Stay away from those private jets. Oh, by the way, they're not all that. Some of them you can't even stand up in. I'll be right back.
0: Uh, Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: So uh, Trump is on his plane right now. It's, it sits there at Newark Airport. Uh, just got on the plane a couple of mm, two minutes ago, and uh, it's pretty damn cool. That's 757 uh, sitting there, dark navy blue, gold Trump on the front. Um, imagine having your own jet <laughs> it's just got to be really cool and it's not just any jet i mean this is the, one of the biggest private jets in the world you've seen those other things that they fly the Gulfstream or whatever the gulf 5 the gulf 4 the gulf 6 they're small um, only a few people in the world have private jets like this i think uh, the guys who own google uh what's his name bezos he's got like a 747 um it looks great and Guess what? You get on the plane and uh, two minutes later, <laughs> you're going. They already pulled the 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 steps back. Everybody's on the jet. So flying down to D.C. and then over to the court and uh, we know what's going to happen. Uh, not guilty. It's unbelievable that he's going through this. But at the same time, it's kind of cool. At the same time, I think ultimately it is helping. Levin has been great on this stuff. Mark Levin. And I know he gets frustrated when we say things like that, that it's uh, that it's helping him and he's worried about independent voters. He also pointed out just so brilliantly, there is not an ounce of criminality. Actually, he said not one syllable, not one syllable of criminality in this in this thing. Hey, do we want to hear the. uh, All right. So what should we do first? Tucker Carlson sat down with the chief of the Capitol Police Department. Who resigned? Remember they actually fired him because it was such a colossal um security failure and i'm not I'm not a big fan of chief Sund uh, he's blaming everybody else um, look January sixth there was all kinds of chatter all right there was chatter about January sixth that it could be a dicey day, and the the fact that that guy had one dude he had one dude, one cop at a critical uh, i think they call it freedom plaza it's a major artery connecting the Capitol to I think Constitution Avenue, and they put one cop out there. It's in the it's in the January 6th report. There's one cop. It's almost like they wanted it to be overrun. Why wouldn't they have wanted that? I'll get to that. Uh, We don't actually have time now. Uh, Let's. Oh, Barbara. Hi, Barbara.
3: Greg. Hey, I'm hearing you talking about Trump leaving Bedminster. I just drove past the entrance to his Bedminster club yesterday and then again this morning because I was staying with friends in the area for a week. And seeing how beautiful that is, that country road, which you've seen, that you drive through the beautiful fields and the cornfields and the cows are out in the fields, and it's just bucolic and beautiful. It just made me realize again what this man has sacrificed and continues to sacrifice for us instead of enjoying the fruits of his labor He's working for this country and working and taking so much abuse that he should not be getting.
1: Yeah, you know, you're right. That is, like, I couldn't believe I was in New Jersey. I didn't know that that, uh, that that existed in New Jersey. I mean, it's so unbelievably gorgeous. It's like heaven. And I think it's only, like, how many minutes is it? Like 40 minutes outside of D.C., outside of the New York, and it's, like, kind of southwest of Staten Island. It's not that far away. Yes. And it's absolutely, yes. uh, it's 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 gorgeous. You're right. He could be sitting around, uh, you know, just, um, but no, he plunged in. Remember, 2015, nobody gave him a chance, except literally yes. yours truly. And I have it on record. You've seen yes. it. I played it. I, uh, I'm very proud of that. I, I And I was able to call that because I know America pretty well, having lived all over the place. And uh, unlike a lot of people uh, in media, I, I listen. It may not seem like that right now, but I do listen. More than I talk, believe it or not. Barbara, anything else?
3: You know, I was just going to say, Trump leaving this wonderful life he has and he loves for the good of his country reminds me of George Washington. George Washington wanted so badly to work on his farm, to work on his estate and his land and to build it up and, and to make it better than it was. It needed a lot of work. But he said often in his writings and so forth, that he followed the call of his country, of his fellow um, uh, fellow citizens to go out and, and give up his private life and work for the country. And I think that the parallel there is very close.
1: Wow. I really don't know enough about George Washington. I mean, uh, did he have kids? Did he? Have, he must have had children, right?
3: Yes, yes, he did. And most people don't know much about him. I recently read a book a friend gave me, uh, about George Washington that, that was a short book, and I skimmed through it, I admit. But it told me a lot of things I didn't know about the hardships he went through, about his health problems. He had serious health problems at different times, mm. even as a young man. And um, it, it's it's worthwhile reading and learning more. But I think that the country that he left us and the words that he left us Tell us about the man and who he was and what he was, just as Trump is telling us.
1: Yeah, a lot more to that guy than the cherry tree and the uh, the wooden teeth. Speaking of yes, of, of health issues. Uh, you did you say yes. he doesn't? You you think Rich he doesn't have any children? You, you know that for a fact.
4: Who, Washington.
1: Apparently, he had no, no I, biological kids. I'm told. But uh,
3: oh, all right, I we, don't know his, his He has. With his wife, he had children, so maybe they were his children from, a, from an earlier marriage. Well, I think he
1: married a widow. Oh, Martha was a widow. Who knew? Barbara, thank you. Trump is still on the ground.
0: Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: He hasn't taken off yet. The jet is on the move, but it looks like it's about to um, hit the runway. It's on a taxiway right now. It's kind of... This whole thing it's kind of exciting in a weird way right it's a spectacle um you know how i feel about it i i wish none of this was happening but it is happening i'm making the best of it and um you know actually i'm not a person to uh give money uh to uh, political candidates but i'm gonna have to give some money to this political candidate or the political action committee or something and uh if you want to do the same thing um well that's great it's a way you can get involved it really is it's important remember if you only got ten bucks uh, that 's fine, uh, if you only got a buck that 's even okay. Remember a thousand people giving a dollar is a lot better than one guy giving a thousand bucks all right That shows the breadth of support um, and right now, Trump is on fire when it comes to small donors you know people like desantis uh, it 's all it 's all rich guys that's uh, that backing him. Um, Biden is kind of the same way. small donors that just shows you just how much force how much force is behind the money. What else can we do right now? We can write letters, we can get on social media, we can talk to our friends, we can uh post. Yeah, post on social media. That's important. Uh anything else? I don't know. You know, you can legally legally and peacefully protest, right? Isn't that okay? I think that's still okay. That's still in the first amendment. Now I know they're trying to use that against us, right? And what they're doing right now They've got barricades all over Washington, D.C. I mean, probably unnecessarily so. They're doing it so over the top. And it's like, look at us. You see, we have to protect ourselves against MAGA. You know, it's going to be like January 6th again. MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. I wish we had a real investigation of January 6th. Because I got all kinds of questions about the cops. I got all kinds of questions about uh, Antifa. You couldn't even talk about Antifa. It was like illegal to say, I think Antifa had a role here. I know they had a role here. Oh, by the way, I know it. I know it in part because at one point, Chief Sund said so. So here he is, Chief Sund, head of the Capitol Police on January 6th. Now, I don't think he's a sinister guy. I just think he's not a particularly competent guy. Um, you know, he's moaning about not having enough support and okay, there probably could have been more support, but there's a lot more that he could have done. There was a lot more than he could have done. I mean, they could have had more officers on duty. They could have done something more than have bike racks there. He could have been sounding the alarm internally for a long time. I don't think he was. All these things were on order. Oh, we're going to get this stuff uh, next month. We're going to get more personnel and equipment next week. It was all on order, but, you know, you you, you do what you can do. You, you got to, I don't know, he's the man, and granted, they kind of blamed it on him. Anyway, he, he he sat down with Tucker, and I want to hear a little bit of this, okay? This interview you're about to hear, Fox News, for some reason, refused to put it on their air. Let's see what that's all about. Go ahead. We're very restrained and rational and not given an overstatement, obviously, but the facts that you're
2: describing are shocking.
8: I was going to say, the reason why I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, why did you write this book? I try to do what I can to get the truth out. Yes. You know, they didn't want me to testify in uh, in February tw- on February twenty third at the Senate hearing. They only wanted people that still currently in positions the I actually had to go in can and talk you to a friend hear? of mine on one of the oversight committees to say, I will come there in person. I want to be there. I want to testify. So I'm glad you think I'm reserved. I'm you know, to be honest with you, I'm a little pissed off. Um because it it this if if people were it
1: wait you're hearing that all break up on the radio as well oh i thought that was just in my That's headset All right, skip that skip that uh and there goes the jet it's rolling taking off it looks like i can't tell if it's taken off to the north or the south they got those two big north-south runways and uh it's a beautiful thing you know flight in general uh runway two two so it's taken off to the south uh the south west um Oh, and now and now, uh, all the networks are saying, oh, we won't take that. We won't take that live. And they, they break away because they, they're trapped. You know, they, they don't know. You know, uh, There's always this thing. Are we giving them too much coverage? But they can't resist. They just can't resist. And every now and then they try to. There it goes, soaring into the air. So cool. So cool. You don't see this very often with any aircraft, a, uh, a helicopter. I used to do this sometimes when I was on Good Day New York. I had the helicopter take a tight shot of something cool and uh an airplane taking off as filmed by a helicopter is extremely cool. Uh Larry, what's the deal?
5: Yeah, hi Greg. Um I want to tell you, you know, you're very good at ex- at, at exposing things. That segment when you played uh, the previous interview with Bill Barr from three years ago, that was absolutely brilliant. And that provoked me to thinking something, but of which I had already come to a conclusion about, but it gave me evidence. You know, Bill, Bill, uh, Bill Barr was right after that, you know, he changed his tune very soon after that. And he was talking in that interview, which you played, about... Cheating through mailing ballots Now that's probably exactly What they did And they probably realized that he's going to Prosecute them to the hilt if, they, if he finds anything like that out Even before the election So I think this guy was threatened Because it doesn't make sense that he would be afraid Of being impeached uh, three years later Which is what you insinuated That he was afraid of impeachment Why would he be afraid three years later I, I long concluded that Bill Barr Was threatened He's an easy target First of all, he's Jewish. He's got kids. He's got grandkids all over the place that are not protected. And they are. These are very evil people. And I believe Bill Barr was threatened. There's no other explanation for that.
1: All right. Um, You mentioned he's Jewish. What does that have to do with anything?
5: I'll tell you what it has to do with anything because he's not in the protected crowd, he's not in the in crowd. people that are Jewish stand aside a little bit on All the right. End. i don't want
1: i don't want I don't want to draw those kinds of conclusions or, or those kinds of observations. I will say this though he does look like a guy who has something hanging over his head. that's what he struck and i'm not i'm not I'm not trying to be provocative or anything like that there's something there's something up, and you notice it there there's something strange about uh his demeanor. Um, and by the way, it's, well, three years later, he was, yeah, three, he resigned in December of 20. And when he came out with that book, when was that book? 21, 22? I think it was early 22. That was, um, that was the new Bill Barr. He kept a low profile there for a while. He wants in with the swamp. Uh, Who knows? I just, he looks like a man, um, under duress, under duress is what I would say. Thank you uh, very much. Um, uh all right, so he's moving up there and we're gonna all right, so here's Fanon. Speaking of Capitol Hill cops, we had to, the other guy. Hopefully we'll hear this. Fanone is still out there. Remember Michael Fanone? Uh the indifference shown to my colleagues has been disgraceful. Remember that guy? Uh what's disgraceful? Actually, he's not a Capitol Hill cop, I forgot. He quit uh the Metropolitan Police and he has um, been a total drama queen. He has uh, lied and exaggerated. And uh, I, I, I he keeps showing up on CNN, I guess because he works there. They gave him a job. And look at this insane comparison. Now, any ordinary or truthful host would have said, stop right there. You know, like, just like I stopped that guy. You know, you say something, you got to say, wait, 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 wait a second. What do you mean by that? Are you serious? You got to. That's kind of the job of the, the, the moderator. And listen to what he says, and they're like, oh, tell us more. Tell us more, Officer Fernone, about that horrible and crazy comparison between Donald Trump and Osama bin Laden. Go ahead.
4: When I first
8: learned about the indictment, um, I had a long conversation with a friend of mine, Ryan Riley, and uh, I told him how proud I felt uh, to be an American at that moment. Uh, much in the way that I did. Uh, when I learned that uh, our military had killed Osama bin Laden, um, I just felt incredibly proud.
3: These two um, seem comparable incredibly to Incredibly proud you? to have been. I'm sorry, I want to cut you off, but the, why? Why are that? Why that comparison <clears throat> in particular?
8: I believe they're comparable. In what way? Absolutely. Ah. Uh, Osama bin Laden was a terrorist who committed a horrific act against American people uh, and against our republic. And I believe that Donald Trump is a terrorist who committed horrific acts against the American people.
3: You can imagine that that is a very eyebrow-raising statement, to say the least, the notion of Osama bin Laden in comparison to Donald Trump. Likely speaks to just how deeply you have been concerned and have felt about all of this. But are you concerned that statements like that or the rhetoric surrounding what his role has been is going to cloud people's view of this indictment as a fair process?
8: I, I think that the only person or people whose view matters uh, with regards to this indictment uh, are the jurors who will eventually be sat. Uh, and listen to the facts. All
1: right, that's enough from him. Uh, you know what? I got to tell you what. I give her partial credit. Uh, it wasn't as I anticipated. I thought uh, she was like, wait a second, put the brakes on that. And she tried to kind of provide some spin for him and the viewer. She was mindful of the offensiveness, I think, of the uh, comparison. And her name, I've spotted her a couple of times. She's, <laughs> she's, well, look, she's still fake news, but I think she's got a decent head on her shoulders. Her name is uh, Laura Coates. Laura Coates and uh, hmm, good for her. Good for her. I appreciate that. Um, all right. Uh, where is he now? Uh, he's still, oh, he's in the air. Of course he's in the air. Um, Gene. Hello.
6: Hi, Greg. I'm a big fan and I want to change the topic just slightly. We have property taxes the deduction and income tax. They now, they don't, they the property tax. Now, the state hasn't given it back to us as far as a deduction. I think this is wrong since Cuomo. a big, If you're a homeowner, it's a big deal.
1: Well, I'm a homeowner. My wife does all that stuff. Uh, do you know anything about this, Rich, with the tax? He's shaking his head no. Were we supposed to get more money back or something? I don't know. That tax stuff is very confusing and complex to me, Gene. Uh, how much are you expecting back?
6: I have $15,000 a year in taxes in my, my, in Westchester. And that was deductible in the income tax. Now it's not because of Cuomo. Oh, that thing actually
1: this, uh, this, what do they call it? The salt tax?
6: What else? Whatever. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's a big thing.
1: Yeah, no, I know. All right. All right. Uh, Did you write a letter about it? Did you do anything? Did you uh, call anybody?
6: I call I call my representative. uh, I find out who my congressman is, who's uh, a Democrat. But I'm sorry to say this is a big deal every year for everybody.
1: All right. I got to research it a little bit. Uh, Thank you. And uh, hey. Write a letter. You, you get these guys on the phone. It's too easy for them to blow you off. Kind of like, I'm not blowing you off, but I got to go now. Uh, you got to follow up with a letter to these guys. Calling them on the phone, it just doesn't move the needle at all. Hey, thank you for that. We'll check it out. Thank you.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red
1: Apple Podcast Network. Ever been on a train that derailed? That's got to be a horrible experience. Uh, there was a derailment of the Long Island Railroad uh, uh, right outside of Jamaica this morning. Uh, let's see here. Seven people hurt. Uh, okay, no big deal. Those things uh, have been. Hard. Remember the one outside of Philadelphia? Hey, the um, the woman married to the Gilgo Beach accused serial murderer. Um, you know, at first she was kind of camera shy. Now she's talking to the press all the time. It seems like. Uh, Let's see. The wife of suspected Gilgo Beach murderer Rex Hoyerman became emotional as she revealed that her neighbors want the disorderly Long Island home she once shared with the alleged serial killer to be torn down. In the post, Hoyerman's wife, Asa Ellerup, 59 years old, returned to the family's dilapidated Massapequa ranch. I guess that's got to kind of hurt, you know, the media, the way they characterize the house. But let's face it. I mean, how it just it's such a ramshackle place and all that junk all over the place, even before uh, the cops went in there and tore it all apart. Now, she says she doesn't want to walk down the street um, and hear her neighbors gossiping about the gruesome 13 year old slangs. The neighbors want the house gone, she told uh, the reporter. They wanted bulldozed. Ella Rupp and her two children, Christopher Sheridan, 33 years old, who has special needs and Victoria Hoyerman, twenty-six only returned to their home last week following Hoyerman's uh, uh, July 13th arrest. You know, I heard that uh, she talked to him on the phone a couple of times since he's been in jail, which is fine. I mean, I can't, you know, I mean, they are married, you know. I I just don't believe that she had anything to do with it. In fact, we kind of know, I know this from the district attorney and the police commissioner at that first press conference, that every time he struck, allegedly struck, she was off somewhere, either in Iceland, where I think she was born, or Maryland, where she has family and friends. You know, they tracked it all down. They, they even, even 10, 13 years ago, they figured she was out of town whenever this guy was uh, up to his deeds. Uh, look, I don't want to walk down the street, she says. I heard what people said about us. I heard it. Mm, I'm sorry about that. She's crying. I heard the other people in the neighborhood. They want the house bulldozed. Do you understand? Please, I can't talk anymore, she told the outlet. Her estranged husband was arrested and all those things. And uh, these pictures of her, she's uh, she's in tough shape. She is in tough, tough shape. And I hope she's getting some sort of help. You know, the police department, they have um, victim's services. And in, in many ways, you know, she's a victim. She's a victim of this guy. And so is the daughter of Victoria, you know, just before or just after this became public. I I immediately Googled Rex Hoyerman for everything I could find, and I went to his website, the architecture website, and the entire staff was on this thing, including her, Victoria Hoyerman, and it just had this great picture of her. You know, she was, I think she had a junior role at the firm, and she's so excited and happy. And you know, they obviously hired a photographer to take these cool pictures of everybody. And um, it's unthinkable what they're going through. It's just the worst. Uh, it's one of the worst things you could ever imagine. And they're, I, uh, you know, we got to pray for them, actually. We genuinely have to pray for them. Carmine, that's where you come in. You're pretty good at prayer. How are you?
3: Yeah, I'm great. Um, I am just getting some pushback because people say, oh, that Biden's allowed to go to the beach if, if Trump is allowed to play golf. And I'm like, well, you know, when your 401ks are up and the economy is great, I don't care what you do as president.
1: It's a little bit different where Trump went to the golf course, number one. It's exercise. All right. I got a picture of Joe Biden. He's loafing on the beach. I mean, he's just spread out dead asleep on the beach. You know, when you're golfing, it's physical. It's also social. It's also, oh, by the way, his business. He was in the golf club business, still is in the golf club business. So he doesn't golf like a normal person, right? I mean, it's like his business. And I've seen him out there many times. He brought the prime minister of Japan. He brought the king of Denmark. He brings all these people. And Everybody knows this business gets done on the golf course. That's one of the reasons why I wish I played. I think uh, I think I I would have gotten a few uh, breaks in my career along the way. Not that I haven't, but, you know, just things would have been kind of interesting. Uh, There was one place I worked and the the guy who ran the uh, bureau, he was a big golfer. And, you know, they always went out with the reporters who golfed. And I was not in that group. One time I went to drive the golf cart. And uh, that was a mistake. You know, they all have the same lingo and everything like that. So anyway, it's not, uh, it's not comparable. This, Americans know that, too. They know that uh, Donald Trump and his background. So don't worry about that pushback. Anything else?
4: Well, I want to talk about Asa. How could she not have known, if he pleaded
3: not guilty, that, that she should stand by her man?
1: Uh, I, you know, I think uh, <laughs> the cops briefed her. Stand by her, man. Come on, Carmine. Give me a break. I'll be back.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: Be grossly generalistic. You can put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Right? The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. But that other basket of people are people who feel the government has let them down. The economy has let them down. Nobody cares about them.
1: Hillary just throwing away her whole uh, career right there, saying uh, a third of the country. Racists, homophobes, uh, xenophobes—you name it. Mr. Giuliani, Mayor Giuliani,
9: welcome back. Do you know what the name of the softball team was in the White House when Trump was the president? Let me think. The Deplorables. Yeah, <laughs> you know who named it?
1: Trump. Andrew Giuliani. No kidding. It's very, very clever. I mean, we wear it like a badge of and honor. And they were twenty-four and one. You know, it was such a uh, silly thing to say. and what It was offensive for, a, you could take it a lot of different ways. The idea that half of Trump supporters would be that kind of way is just so. And coming from
9: her. You know her pretty well. or Do you I know do, her well? I knew her husband, I'd say very well. When I was mayor, I worked with him. I'm not going to say every day, but I was in the White House. I flew on Air Force One with him. I helped him uh, with the crime bill. I'd say. I As one of the people got it passed because I got Republicans to turn. Remember, they voted it down. Well, Clinton invited us down to the White House myself and Mayor Reardon of of uh, L- L.A. Reardon, oh. Reardon was the uh, Republican mayor of L.A. I was probably the mayor of New York. Richard Reardon. yeah. Right? And Re- Richard didn't have much to do with it, but I helped to write the bill in the in the uh, Trump in the um, Reagan administration. And I I work with Schumer and and and, and Biden to get it. I have a letter. From Clinton saying, I'm the best mayor in America. In what, was America. He, what was he like? He's fun yeah. to deal with. On, uh, honorable and honest to deal with. He wasn't like one of these uh, slimy personal liars. Yeah. Uh, like Shelley Silver was an example of that. Oh. You couldn't believe anything he said. Uh, I mean, most politicians are liars at some point. But the ones that I don't consider really liars is why that keep their word with you. Like Peter Valone and I always had an understanding. I give him my word. Or he did. And if we couldn't follow it because we overestimated, we'd honestly tell each other, gee, Peter, I can't do that. Or he would say, to me, I can't get the votes, Rudy. Yeah. With Shelley, he would claim he never made the, never made the promise. What
1: about Schumer?
9: <laughs> I, I get the picture, right?
1: Bad news. I trust of him as
9: far as I could throw him.
1: Yeah. I, so listen. Look
9: what he's doing to his own people. I mean, uh, somebody should be standing up for Israel against what Biden, uh, Biden's doing great damage to Israel he's that's he's doing the most damage to the United States the second most damage to the state of Israel and he's uh trying to slip money to to, to uh, Iran
1: so let me ask you about the, uh, the proceedings of today and the indictment overall. Look, everyone's saying that you're co conspirator, I think, number one. Are you number one or number
9: two or number three? Well, or if number I four? am, I should be number one.
1: <laughs> I think it was in order of appearance, not in terms of. But, all right, so look, obviously they're talking about you I'm with that indictment. are going to do it in
9: order of significance in defending them. Are you, uh, you know, are they going to charge you? What do you think? Uh, here, here's what I heard today, and, and this makes sense to me. If uh, they kept us out of charging us, because it would delay a speedy trial. You know, if you have to take six people to trial, they all have motions. They all have issues and problems. They're all going to make a motion to sever. Uh, could or could not be granted. So you have to do separate trials for them. Uh, the other a real, a real good strategy if they indicted everyone is if the other ones ask for trials before Trump.
8: Mm-hmm. So you'd have
9: to do six trials before Trump. It's you- not enough of a tight conspiracy that you can... Uh, You'd have a hard time trying them all together, but in any event, the speculation of this lawyer who was pro pro Trump was they're not going to indict him if they can get this trial before the election, but if the trial is after the election, they'll indict everybody.
1: Hey, did you see what I said about Pence?
9: And the one in, and the one in uh, in um, the the one in Atlanta is going to indict the kitchen sink. Oh, so right. I expect to be in the kitchen sink. And that's a, it's a joke. It's a joke. No, it is. It's I mean, I, I thought I, if it ever came to this, I would be very upset and very, I mean, the idea that I'm going to get indicted and I've probably put more, uh, more important and dangerous criminals in jail than a person alive in America right now as a prosecutor. I mean, there's no one that has my prosecutorial record, not even close. Right. You can't think of, of, of a comparison. I mean, this guy lost most of his cases. I won all of mine, <laughs> right? And I prosecuted real criminals. He was going after politicians. He was trying to jam up. You know, here's Mike Pence
1: yesterday on Fox. Disgusting. I'm so angry at him.
9: Well, and the way he characterized,
1: I don't know if you... What a weakling. Cut 18. Let's listen. When you get a chance.
4: Let's be clear on this point. It wasn't just that they asked for a pause. Uh, The president uh, specifically asked me, and his gaggle of, uh, of crackpot lawyers asked me, To literally reject votes, which would have resulted in uh, in the issue being turned over to the House of Representatives and literally chaos would have ensued.
1: Now, the part that look, you can debate the other stuff, but crackpot lawyers. I'm sorry. This guy went to community college law school and you went to NYU. Eastman went to Chicago. You guys, you're the top prosecutor probably in American history.
9: Eastman has a 30 year constitutional law book that's very well respected. Uh, whatever you think of him, he was, before they tried to ruin his reputation, a very well-respected law professor. And he was dean of the law school. I mean, the guy knows, uh, the guy is so much better a lawyer than uh, than uh, Pence. It's ridiculous. I, mean, I don't even know how Pence could be a lawyer. He'd have to show up in court with his wife. Oh yes. I mean, right. she's with him. She has him on a leash. But, I mean, I, I always like Mike. And, by the way, Crackpot Lawyers is not referring to me. I never got to meet with him. His guy short wouldn't let me meet with him. I never gave him advice. They wouldn't wouldn't let me near him. They were. I think they were afraid. Well, he's I might say, he, get he's saying the lawyers who are advising uh, Trump. Oh well, then I, then I am one of the crackpot lawyers. Thank you for the for the honor of being <laughs> a crackpot <laughs> no. lawyer because you're a sniveling weakling. You know why he did that? That's all ambition. That's so he can win, which is a fool's errand. I mean, the guy hasn't broken double digits in, in four months.
1: Why he's saying that now. And
9: also the thing that bothers he doesn't me believe that he doesn't believe that oh. and we need a guy who can fight for the First Amendment, whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden or you or me. If he doesn't see that this is bigger than Donald Trump, he shouldn't have even been vice president, much yeah. less president.
1: That's the problem. You look at this indictment the- in and you don't realize it's a joke and it's a this is the real threat and to it's democracy the
9: of this country. How can you be a Republican? How can you be a president?
1: I want to play this. This is from Mike Pence's book. He's in his car on January 6th, going to the Capitol. He's just arriving at the Capitol. And listen to what he says in his own book, Cut 19.
4: I turned to my daughter and said with a sigh, God bless those people. They're going to be so disappointed.
1: He was talking about the people who were assembled, the protesters. The thing that bothers me about this, he knew that he was just going to rubber stamp the results. Now, you can actually make that argument. Look, this is what he felt. I only have the authority to do that. But he could have told people ahead of time. Instead, he kept us all kind
9: of in suspense. A weakling. Weakling fea- keeping
1: his f- options open.
9: My fear about him was, before all this happened, I liked him a lot. Respected how loyal he was to Trump. Always was worried that he'd be the successor. Because I didn't think he had the strength of character or purpose to be even uh, half a Trump. I always saw Mike as... Uh, Namby pamby. Yeah. I, maybe I was affected by the wife being there all the time. And the guy, guy that has his wife, you know, at meetings with him and he, she's she comes there. I mean, it's like she doesn't trust him. Did he really call her mother? I don't know. But Apparently it, it, it he looked calls that her way. mother. It looked that way. I mean, that's the, that's the visual you got in watching. I mean, I remember going to a, an event where he and I spoke and I think got to introduce him. And the wife comes out with him. <laughs> and I felt bad. I should have introduced her too.
1: Listen, Trump is on the plane right now. He's going to court. What's going to happen
9: today? Uh, same thing that happened uh, two weeks ago. They're going. It, it'll be uh, not uh, televised because it's federal court. Uh, he'll come in the courtroom. They'll pro- you'll probably get a shot of him toward the back coming in the courtroom, going in the courthouse. I know that courthouse cold. I actually locked it down for the Hinkley, for the Hinkley. John uh, Hinckley trial. Yeah, uh, Judge Webster and I locked it down. We did it personally. We supervised it ourselves because Attorney General Smith was so afraid that somebody would assassinate Hinckley. Wow. We went over there at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and supervised a locking down of it. That's the difference between us and what the Democrats did for January 6th when they wouldn't take help. Hmm. I got, I got, we got thousands of people in there. there was no, that was the safest place in the world when he walked in
1: there. Hey, by the way, Hinckley
9: is a free man now. You know that, right? Yeah, do, and do you know I'm not, Really upset about it because, first of all, my hero uh, Reagan uh, uh, forgave him. Hmm. Mrs. Uh, uh, Reagan kind of forgave him. <laughs> I think she may have said that to make the president feel good. She was a, she was a little tougher, uh, and I do realize he was he's one of the few cases uh, legitimate insanity. It was legitimate insanity. The hmm. guy was completely out of his mind. Webster and I concluded that when we saw him that night. He walked into the courtroom. I've never seen I never seen, seen a guy who was so off in space somewhere. Right. And then as the trial uh, moved along and the case moved, on, it was clear this guy had serious mental serious, I think paranoid schizophrenia. Did but, he know and to the point that he didn't know the difference between right and wrong? I would say that's right. I don't think he, I don't think he could have made the distinction. Huh. He was living in he, he wanted to kill he, Impressed Jodie Foster. He was. He was. He was. not after uh, uh, Reagan. He was going to. He was going to kill Carter. And if uh, if Carter got elected, he would going to kill him. He wanted. He wanted to. He thought Jodie Foster would take would come and live with him. Wow. <laughs> oh, gee, That is crazy. Somebody should have told him she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't swing for that team. Yeah, that's right. That we could have prevented this whole thing <laughs> if she'd come out a little earlier. come oh, out of the jeez. <laughs>
1: All right, so he's quittably not guilty. Then it's back to Bedminster. Hey, do you know this guy, John Lauro, the attorney? Uh, very
9: impressed, as you are. Yeah. Uh, I do know a little about him. He was an assistant youth attorney in the Eastern District of New York. I do not know him, but I've talked to several lawyers who know him and say he's very, very good. It's not just flash in the pan. Very, very good. Uh, tough, really tough. And um, sounds like he's got command of the facts. Um And he's only been in the case for a short while. And now I was impressed with how he can see some of the subtleties in the case right away.
1: And I love that he's not afraid to talk about the election. He's not saying, like, you know, hey, what about the ballots that were unattended? What about mailing ballots to everybody who's on the rolls and the rolls are inaccurate? I mean, he's going there.
9: Well, I'm pulling out all my records. I I went through Georgia last night and I should have brought it with me, but I have a report uh, rendered by a number of state senators. In late December of 2022, which is what occasioned them to ask for the vote back, listing well over the number of irregularities and fraud that would change the result of the election. And it's based on witnesses who are quoted there, which gives Trump, me and everyone else a reasonable basis to make our argument. We're not required to accept their version. They wouldn't have litigation if you were required to accept their version. Right, You're allowed to have your own. If I have 30 witnesses that tell me there are 150,000 invalid ballots and we're at the early stages of a litigation, I have a right to to advance those. In fact, I have to do it. I have to give my client the benefit of the doubt. So now I'm going to go over uh, uh, Pennsylvania because that's the bigger one. But I, I can produce more than enough uh, evidence that would support change of vote in at least five, four states. Damn. Now, that doesn't mean it's true. I believe it's, it's, it's true.
1: It's, it's evidence. It's yeah. evidence that has to be
9: evaluated well, potentially like by a- any trial. I mean, they, they I, obviously they don't believe that Zoshevsky's telling the truth. The Democrats, right? I mean, if he's telling the truth, the guy should be dragged out of the White House and put in prison. A $10 million bribe. Yeah. But you have a right to rely on that evidence. You have a right to put it in front of a jury and let a jury decide it. And somebody has a right to believe it. You can't tell me what I should believe and not believe. I mean, it is a gross violation of the First Amendment. And that's what's really at stake here. And I'm a, I, I really believe that if you can't see that, Abraham Lincoln would say you're not a good American. Wow. Abraham Abraham Lincoln always said, What makes a good American is fealty to the major principles of our Constitution.
1: I love it. You know, read the doc read the indictment. Like Jack Smith said, he didn't think you would. I did. Mayor, you're right. Hey, the seven fifty seven with Donald Trump is is about five seconds from landing in Washington, DC. All the networks have it live. Two of the three networks have it live. Isn't that cool? Check it out. Check it out. We'll be right back.
0: Uh, Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative, on the
1: Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, we are back, and uh, Donald Trump is on the ground in Washington D.C., showing up to go to jail. <laughs> Why am I laughing? I shouldn't be laughing. It's so amusing. <laughs> Did you see what he truth? He put on Trump social. He says, "One more indictment, and I get this election clinched." He wants one more indictment. He says, it "Could one- be by
9: acclamation, he'll get the nomination <laughs> if he gets one more." Uh, it's pretty wild. You've been on that plane by the way. The this tr- plane I I lived on that plane for 4 months. Is it nice? Yeah. It's not it's you know, it's not Air Force 1, but I take it. <laughs> <laughs> you would too? Uh we sure
1: would. This is uh this is kind of wild. Hey, let's just check in with Ann real quick. Uh you're on uh, the line, uh, the radio with me and the mayor. Hi Ann.
7: Is it uh great. I'm so happy to speak to you and the mayor too because the mayor is on um that uh, show with John Tobacco on Saturday with my cousin. My cousin's on the
1: show with him. Oh, we had a lot of and fun. It was... You just got to watch it. Wait, you the, watch the it. artist? The yeah. artist?
9: That no, guy? No, no. Uh, John Tobacco has uh, uh, the Wise Guys. The Wise Guys. And he's got, he's got a group. Of, you know where we did it this time? Sparks. Sparks. <laughs> this, yeah.
1: So, Ann, what's up? I know. Yes. The
9: reason I'm calling is I was so heartbroken
7: because I love President Trump and I love you guys. And uh, you gave me an uplift. I, I keep praying. I, I'm praying to uh, St. Michael the Archangel to put his hands on on President Trump. Because you got the right thing. I am worried. I, 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 I am. But my most important thing is um, I would like to know where to send money to him because I don't trust these sites. And I don't want to give a dime to that Ronald McDaniel. So I want to send money to uh, President Trump.
9: I would send it directly to the campaign. Or to the pack, And maybe uh, Greg and I will get the a- address for you tomorrow. I'll, 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 I'll maybe I can dig it out between shows.
1: Isn't it? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean about it. Look, and you can— you I can agree f- with it, by the way. I know you can figure it out. All right? Don't worry. I, I understand you want to give it to—you give it to the pack or the campaign. Although I think I'm supposed to
9: offer some sort of disclaimer. <laughs> so I oh, offer whatever disclaimer oh, whatever I'm supposed disclaimer to offer. Whatever disclaimer there is, we're just trying to help her. <laughs> right, right. I would so, tell you the same thing if you asked me about Biden. <laughs> yeah go you to uh that?
1: www dot uh url slash anyway listen yeah, and thank, thank you thank you Ann. good luck with that um so there he it, it's almost like he's still the president right
9: yeah go to uh bidencrimefamily.com <laughs> uh
1: <laughs> that entourage that that follows him we've never had a a person not president Kind of have all the stuff that a president has. I mean,
9: this is like uh, uh, pretty close. I, I think one of the reporters uh, may have been on Newsmax, because I was listening to this this morning, referred to this as Air Force One. They got confused. Oh, we just entered Air Force One. And then they said, no, 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 Trump Air Force One.
1: You know, it's funny, though. It's, um, Trump won. It, the, Trump is getting about 10 times more attention than President Joe Biden right now and has been for like months, if not years.
9: Isn't that weird? Yeah, I think that picture every day, of him on the beach, is a little. It's like the, the presidency is irrelevant.
1: Uh, it's it's. I mean, just for optics. If the, I I understand, he's not really running the country, but you got to go through the motions. The illusion, you know.
9: It sh- I mean, going through this sure shows that he's got the stamina to be president, right? Compared to uh, uh, Beach Boy, Beach Boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Mr. Mayor, um, from a legal standpoint, it's a joke. It's a threat. Um, anything else we really should know? I know you've got a whole show in store, but... Uh, what,
9: what do you, what, what? Remember that the judge was a member of the firm. All the other problems it had, it represented Burisma. That's absurd. The firm represented Burisma. This is David Boyce's firm. Yeah, and she was a member of that firm. And they got income from Burisma. And Burisma is a completely crooked company.
1: They're talking about moving it to, or Trump wants to move it to West Virginia. Is there any chance of that? I don't think so.
9: I mean, I, I think it should but I'm just telling you what the prevailing law is and the practice of, of judges. I, I, um, gosh, the only case I can think of in state court in New York in a long time that got moved was the Diallo case, got moved to Albany because there was so much bad publicity in New York. And I agreed with the defense to move the parking violations bureau case to Hartford, Connecticut. And I went up there and tried it myself. New Haven. It ended up in New Haven, but we had Hartford jury because they were out of our media market. Yeah. People came down every day about 45 minutes from Hartford. We couldn't get a courtroom in Hartford. So we tried it in New Haven, but it was a Hartford jury. It was so big. That and Judge was... Whitman Knapp was the judge. And uh, he was he was old, but he was sh- he was sharp. He was sharp.
1: Wow. You know, and God, that was such a big case. And all the locals, they sent news crews up you know, there.
9: They, they, they moved for a change of venue, and I stood up, and I almost too anxiously agreed to it. And Whitman Knapp looked at me like, Hmm. You knew why I did it, but but uh, look, uh, you take you take a group of New York politicians, and you get them tried someplace else. They're going to sneak up the courtroom. They're going in s- New York. Everybody accepts it.
1: Well, Mr. Mayor, privilege to sit with you once again. Uh, turning things over to you. Uh, the door is open on that 757 down there. He's about to step off and get into the car and go to. I guess he's going to jail. Is he going to jail? For 20 minutes, he'll be in jail.
9: Donald Trump's going to jail. Biden should feel great.